It is the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones alongside Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor, with a comprehensive look around the Big 12 Conference this week. And, Bo, we begin this segment each and every week with hot takes around the Big 12. Uh, we like to get a little spicy here. And I'll start by hot take for the Big 12. Um, news came out on Wednesday that Ren Baker was hired to do AD at West Virginia. And that also, along those lines, Neil Brown would be retained as the West Virginia head coach. And if you've been listening to me, folks, all this year, I have been calling for Neil Brown to be fired at West Virginia about every single week, and I think he's done a terrible job. Um, I still think he deserves to be fired. But my hot take here, Bo, I feel like this might be the smart take Maybe I'm even overthinking it. You can tell me on this. I feel like that West Virginia actually knows what they're doing here by keeping Neil Brown. Let me explain. I think what West Virginia is doing here, they bring in Ren Baker. They're giving him time to set up things the way he wants, to get ready for this new era in the Big 12. And he's got basically a year, essentially, to get his search firm, to get all his ducks in a row, to go hire the head coach he wants, and to get the you know get an eye for the landscape essentially for what things are going to look like for West Virginia. This is a program that in this new Big Twelve I think has a golden opportunity to compete. Where I know they got a good basketball program, they got a Hall of Fame head coach in Bob Huggins. Now here's a chance for them in this football program. They have one of the most respected university presidents in the country in Gordon G. Um, who's been at Brown, he's been at Ohio State, um, he's been at some elite institutions. Um, even if I like the idea of firing Neil Brown, I think West Virginia has a game plan figured out. They'll make Brown take a pay cut, they'll reduce his buyouts, and they give him one more shot. If it works, uh, you know, he stays on. If not, then they have time to get this right and get this hiring right next year. I, I I think West Virginia, although I disagree, I think they know what they're doing here. That's my hot take this week, folks. You could be on to something. It could be a situation where they've got a built-in scapegoat, new AD says, hey, I don't have the position ready right now to make a good choice for a head coach. I'm not sure there's a lot of good candidates out there right now either. I think we'll, we talked about a couple of them. We'll talk about a couple of them later. But I, I don't know that that – I think you may – I don't know if it's that nefarious, but you may be right. That it may be one of those, okay, let's see what he can do, and then I'll make a decision as the AD next year if it's not better. Yeah, I mean, because you're going to have a better pool to pull from, I think, at that time. And, I mean, it never hurts to not have to spend a bunch of money right as you come in as the AD. Right. What's uh what's a hot take for the Big 12 you got, Bo? I, I've got a couple of them. One, I was really impressed with Kansas State. Now, look, I have been the guy who has been, oh, Kansas State's not good. They've taken on and, – and, and I pointed at earlier in the year, I pointed at they lost the home game to Tulane. Uh, look, Tulane's about to make the, make the New Year's Six Bowls if they win the American Conference, so that is not a bad loss anymore. Um has Kansas State has played so much better with a quarterback change. 
Adrian Martinez is out, and they bring in I can't think of the young Will man's name now. Yes, Will Howard. I'm sorry, and Will Howard's been great. Uh, he has uh, done really well in that position. They are a better football team with Will Howard at quarterback, and I think that had this happened a few weeks ago, they could have been the one sitting there instead of TCU. If they would have never brought in Adrian Martinez and would have stuck it out with Will Howard, who was already in their program, they would have been so much better off. Yeah. Yeah, my hot take would be if K-State had played Will Howard in the beginning of the season, they're playing for the playoff spot and not TCU. Man, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. I'll say this. like Will's probably going to be your starter next year. I think K-State's going to be right there. I, I, I think – K-State's still going to be a force to be reckoned with, but, I mean, it's never guaranteed any given year. Uh, potential missed opportunity, but nonetheless, a great year. You said you had a, a, another hot take, too. The other hot take is a team that I'm so disappointed in, and that is, and I know I'm filling in for Tom today, Tom's Oklahoma State Cowboys. My God, they've lost four out of five Five at, they've lost five out of seven. They haven't even been competitive. Um, Mike Gundy is a horrible game day coach. <laughs> Flat out. A terrible game day coach. I was convinced after like six weeks into this season, I was like, this is a good football team. And they, they lost a close game against TCU. It was a high-scoring game against TCU. And they came back and he beat up Texas. And I thought, man, this is a good team. This team has a chance to win the Big 12 and could even win out and go to the playoff. And once I said that, they lost four out of five. They lost Kansas State. They lost Kansas. And they got shredded by Kansas. They got whooped by Kansas State. That game was if the game was over like halfway through the first quarter, yeah, Oklahoma beat them up in the Bedlam game, and then West Virginia beat them this past week. At home. <laughs> At home, yes. I mean, Oklahoma State has been awful for the last month. It is all on Gundy. He is, I think, one of the worst game day coaches in all of college football. Um, If they have another year like this, Next year, six, seven wins, whatever it is. Is it time to give Mike Gundy the Gary Patterson treatment that uh, TCU gave? Like, hey, we appreciate what you did to build this thing up, but it's time to go by. You know, it, it comes down to this time with, with Oklahoma State. They, they got to figure out who they are. Do they want to be ascending to the top of the Big 12? And look, all these teams, whether it's Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, even Kansas is going to have a chance at this. You have Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma's leaving, and Texas is leaving. But you have these spots open now. There is no big dog. Right. Cincinnati's coming in. A couple other teams are coming in. It's like, okay, we've got a fight. Someone's going to have to be the alpha male here. There is no reason it couldn't have been Oklahoma State. And... Honestly, it's because that guy on game day is horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, I just, I don't understand what he's doing on game day. 
I, I think he's got some great players. I think that he's got some – he finds players that aren't great recruits and uses them really well. Like, he goes against these some of these two- and three-star players who end up being really good players. But he gets out-coached almost every Saturday. Yeah. And sometimes he just has better players, and they get it done. Horrible. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's going to come a time where – if you're one of these teams that wants to ascend to the top of the Big 12, you've got to ask yourself, are we okay with just being in the fight or do we want to be the dominant program? Right. Because the opportunity to be the dominant program is up for grabs. Yeah, it is. Um, and speaking of coaching jobs, we mentioned Neil Brown in West Virginia. Cincinnati is the latest Big 12 opening, uh, unexpected. Mm-hmm. Luke Fickle takes the Wisconsin job. Uh, we've seen Deion Sanders' name come up. Uh, a number of coaches uh, for this uh, Cincinnati job potentially here. It's a loss for the Big 12. I think everyone was excited to have Luke Fickle joining this league, but that won't be the case, obviously. Now, it's very interesting because it seemed like if Fickle was going to go with Cincinnati, then the plan was in place that they were going to push – on ahead and compete right away in the in the Big 12. Now, Bo, there's uncertainty because you don't know who the ne- next head coach is going to be. Um, you know, your plan going forward in the Big 12 here. Uh, this is not an ideal time for Cincinnati to be hiring a head coach right now. Fickle did a great job, and it was huge for them to make the playoff and all that last year. But, I mean – the, the, the timing is, is is not good on their end to be going into this new league with a, with a brand-new head coach based on the foundation they've already laid the last couple of years, not yeah. not riding the momentum. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the, the issue I see, though, is that, as we were just discussing, it, if you go get the right guy, I mean, look, Cincinnati's lucky they got this season out of thick. He could have easily have left last season. He wanted to coach that team in the playoffs. Otherwise, he would have left, and he had plenty of opportunity to leave. He gets a good opportunity at Wisconsin, and frankly, for Cincinnati's coach, that's not a bad opportunity. But going into the Big 12 now, it's one of those, okay, now you might get a candidate at Cincinnati that you wouldn't have gotten a year ago because there is no alpha. Like I said, it's it's Cincinnati has as good a chance of being the team – in this conference that Oklahoma State or Kansas State do. What's the difference in those programs? Not a lot. In their rebuilding year, they weren't bad. They had a good year. No, they, they were really good this year. And you consider the all the and they had NFL talent a year ago that the went off to the players league. Drafted at any school last year. Yeah. And it's just and, and they've got guys who are starters in the NFL right now. It's uh it's he's done a great job. Luke Fickle has, I would have liked to have seen him in the Big 12. I'd like to see what he would do with that schedule. But now Cincinnati also is this place that they wouldn't have come to the Big 12 if they weren't prepared to be a big-time program, to decide, hey, we want to be a competitive program. And it's a matter of how much do they want to compete. Do they want to compete and maybe be there once in a while or be the big dog? Right. They were the big dog in the American Conference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good point. 
Um, let's talk about the uh, the only game of the Big 12 slate this week. It's the Big 12 title, TCU and K-State. Um, we pretty much know the uh, the bowl situation of what it's going to be. No matter what, K-State looks like they'll be in the Sugar Bowl. Um, TCU, if they lose and miss the playoff, then they wouldn't get in the Sugar Bowl because K-State would be the Big 12 champion. They'd be in one of the other New Year's Six Bowls. Uh but they would not be in the Sugar Bowl. So the bowl game thing is not what they're playing for here. This is about winning the conference title and for TCU securing, locking down that playoff spot. Um, Ball, I, I think the type of game we have on our hands here, it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I think you have two high-powered offenses. A lot of points uh, are going to be had, and it very well might come down to who's got the ball last and – what quarterback plays better, whether it's Duggan or whether it's uh, Will Howard here. Yeah, turnovers are going to be huge in this game. Uh, this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, you wouldn't have thought that a month ago. A month ago, you thought, okay, it'll be a middling-scoring game. It TCU could outscore Kansas State. K-State's been so good offensively for the last month that this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be – who makes it to 40? And – it might be who who gets the ball last, and it might be who makes the one mistake that costs their team. You know, whether it's a a fumble or a, a, more likely an interception by one of these two quarterbacks. Um, they've both played so well. Max Dugan's played well all season. Um, I'm surprised he's not getting more buzz for the Heisman Trophy. Honestly, um, I think he's deserving of being a finalist. Um, it's it's going to be high scoring, I think, and I think it's going to be very competitive. I don't see – even at this game at one point, if one team gets two scores ahead, both these teams could make up that two scores. You know, So if you're looking at this game and it's uh, 27-14 with five minutes to go in the second quarter, hold on because it could be 28-24 real quick. Yeah. So don't think that either team is out. Either way, I don't think either team will be out of it in that, in that case. Last question. We'll uh, we'll end on this, Bo. Um, assuming TCU wins, they get in the playoff. Um, a Big 12 team has never won a playoff game before. Granted, Oklahoma's the only Big 12 team that's ever made the playoff, and they lost every time. Can TCU beat Michigan or, Ohio, or, or Georgia, which who they've likely face it'd be one of those two teams in that in that semifinal game are they capable of pulling it off or is georgia or michigan either one you think too much for this tcu team do they do they belong basically obviously they would earn the right to be there but are they among that tier with those teams well okay i i think you you caught yourself because i was going to say they've earned it to get there right they've played the schedule they've done it they've won the games and I think even if they lose to Kansas State in a close game, they should still get in. Um, look, the difference is, is that TCU could put up points on the board. I'd, it's going to be difficult to put points on the board against Georgia. Georgia's defense is the best defense in the country. But if it does become a shootout, Georgia's quarterback isn't good enough to get into a shootout with TCU. I don't think that's likely. I mean, I don't think that's, I guess, two out of ten times they play that game. 
I think it's a closer game than people think. And you, Max Tugan will make a couple of plays and make that game closer. Team, I don't want to play if I'm TCU. I don't want to play Michigan. And I'll tell you why. Michigan shortens games. Michigan is old school, baby. I mean, what they did to Ohio State is exactly what they've done to everybody this year. They're not sexy. They don't go out there and put up 30 in the first half, but they just beat you down. And in the second half, no one's beating them. Georgia has a chance, but Michigan is so good in the second half. They just keep running the ball, running the ball. It's not fancy. They just tire you out offensive, defensively. And those big boys up front, they're built like a Bo Schembechler Michigan team. This is like an 80s Michigan team. And, and they're just they're just better athletes. I And I'm not saying that TCU isn't going to represent themselves with the Big 12 well, and I know the Big 12 hasn't fared well in the playoff, but I don't think that's going to be the knock here on TCU. TCU will have a fair chance. It's not likely they'll beat one of those two teams. But any given day, you never know what can happen. I don't think it means that they would be fraudulent getting there. I don't think it means they haven't earned it. Right. Because they certainly have. I just think those are two matchup nightmares. For yeah. a, I think those two teams are a matchup nightmare for everybody. Right. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Um, coming up next, uh, Will Scott's going to join us talking more college football uh, and uh, get his thoughts on uh, TCU and the playoff and everything in between when he joins us. Stay with us. <laughs> Sports fans, we're glad to welcome into the show none other than Will Scott, my colleague at uh, Chat Sports, and uh, to make his debut here on the show. Will, it is uh, good to hear from you. You're actually not here with me. We're joined via Zoom uh, here, but nonetheless, uh, good to have you here. What's going on, man? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, me finally coming on the Jones Report, but it's good to finally be on. Yes, and uh, Will, in case people don't know, for the uh, Jones Report listeners out there, you know, we were, we all, you got to experience the Summer of Jones for the first time, and you were the man behind the Summer of Jones playlist. I was, I was, and you know, we we both started in March at Chat Sports Jones, and um, you know, you, from the jump, you were talking about the Summer of Jones, you were hyping it up, and around the same time I'm thinking, man, like I need a summer playlist, you know, a song that kind of puts me in the mood for summer. And so, uh, you know, one night we, uh, we came up with the, uh, summer of Jones playlist. And in my opinion, it's the best playlist ever, uh, constructed. Yeah. And it was a big hit smashing success. Everybody loved the, uh, summer of Jones playlist on uh, Spotify and Apple music. And, uh, that was, that was the way, uh, you, contributed to your uh, first summer of Jones. I'd say it was a success. Yes, it was. And I'm already looking uh, forward to creating the summer of Jones 2023 playlist. The question is, do we just add or take away from the last playlist or do we start completely from scratch? That's something that we have a few months to think about here. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Uh, I got my Spotify wrap today. I'm an Apple music guy. So I feel left out today, man. So what was funny was, I was going through checking out my uh, my list and and everything. And to your credit, uh, Will, you you diversified me a bit. I listened to this year 
about 38 different genres of music. And I think you were a big part of that reason why with coming up with this said playlist. Well, you know, people give me a hard time in a good way because my music is kind of all over the place. I mean, I think my top five most listened to artists last year were Travis Scott, um, ABBA, uh, Morgan Wallen, Taylor Swift, and like Kid Cudi. Um, so, I mean, just like all over the place, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a favorite genre. I just like good music that gets me, uh, you know, rocking and rolling. So most of mine were country music, but then I listened to a lot after that country was the priority, but then everything else kind of just followed suit to that point for me personally of what ended up working out. But, uh, a lot of, for me, Will was, uh, Dustin Lynch Sam Hunt and uh, Luke Combs, uh, the trifecta there. Yes. Yeah. I've started to get a little bit more into country music, having moved back down to Texas from uh, Syracuse, New York, my guy. But, um, you know, just being down here, you uh, you got to you got to at least um, tolerate country music. So I'm, I'm getting there. Sure. Sure. Uh, Will, we mentioned uh, you and I, we started chat sport at the same time. Tell the folks. Uh, about your background a bit, get to know you. Uh, you're you're from Houston originally, and and uh, went to Syracuse. Yeah, so I I was born and raised um, in Sugarland, Texas, a suburb of H Town. Uh, whole life wanted to go to LSU. Actually, grew up a big LSU fan, but when I got to be a freshman in high school, I really started to seriously pursue a broadcasting career. Uh, the assistant principal, who I formed a pretty good relationship with, he let me um, start a broadcast program. He gave me the keys, the the finances to, to start a broadcast program in high school. We turned it in uh, to one of the best in the country, still going strong to this day, Eagles on the air at, at Fort Bend Christian Academy in Sugarland. And, um, you know, when I got to be an upperclassman in high school, you know, you start to look at colleges and as much as I loved LSU, you know, when I got into Syracuse, you know, I couldn't turn it down. Uh, you know, much like KU, it's a great program that's, um, you know, produced a lot of talent, you know, specifically play-by-play talent. At the time, that's really what I wanted to do. Um, and so when I got into Syracuse, I couldn't turn it down. Went to Syracuse, was pretty heavily involved with student media there, whether it was student television, student radio, ACC Network Extra, you know, calling a lot of different sports there. After I graduated from Syracuse, I got a job with the a triple A team of the Mets in Syracuse, the Syracuse Mets. Um, but in my, you know, in my heart, I want to be back in Texas. You know, I love that job with the Mets so, so much, but you know, this opportunity with chat sports came about, you know, uh, to do this, this, uh, to cover the dolphins and to do a lot of um, on air work on YouTube. And I believe digital media is the future, which really attracted me to this job. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was too good to pass up, man. The opportunity back in Texas doing that. And with that, with you going to Syracuse, growing up an LSU fan, you are literally the only LSU Syracuse fan I've ever met, Will. Yeah, yeah. My, my sports teams are, are a little bit all over the place. You know, I was, I was in a, the grocery store not too long ago, and I think um, I, think I was wearing uh, a Syracuse jacket, with an LSU hat and no, I, I had a Syracuse. You know, here, here's what it was. I had a Syracuse lanyard, an Astros jacket and a Miami dolphins cap. 
And the guy, and then the guy in front of me was watching the Mets game. I'm like, oh, let's go Mets. And he's like, well, wait, hold on a second here. Like, explain this. I'm like, well, I work for the Mets. I cover the Dolphins. I'm from Houston and went to Syracuse. So <laughs> sometimes I have to explain a, a lot of why I like the sports teams that I do, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I'll give Will better for the doubt here. You are, as much as I give you grief about this, uh, you're not the worst in the office, actually, when it comes to having multiple teams all over the map. So, Oh, not even close. Not even close. Right. But it could be much worse. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Will, uh, with, with being a big college football fan, I know that this is, uh, you know, this is a huge week here, championship week. Uh, how do you think this is ultimately going to play out here? Who's going to be the final four teams when it's all said and done comes Sunday afternoon? Yeah, you know, normally this week, Jonesy, there's a lot to play for, and I just don't really feel that same energy, that same excitement going into championship Sunday, it feels like a lot of these games are, are somewhat meaningless. And that just kind of tells you, um, you know, where we're at right now. You know, I feel like the top three should all be locks to get it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think TC is in that same boat. I think um, if they do lose, they might get absolutely hosed by this committee. Um, but I still think they should be a lock. We know that Bam and Michigan are locks. I think USC takes care of business against Utah. I really do. I know Utah's already beaten them. Uh, but I think USC, you know, neutral site gets the job done. I think the top four are going to remain the same. Now, what's interesting is if TCU or even more so USC loses, does that open the door for Ohio State? I think Bama's out as they should be. I don't think there's any place for Bama. It's ridiculous that Tennessee is behind them um, at this point. So we'll see what happens, but but I expect uh, Willie Betts has taken a lot of chalk this weekend. We'll say that. I love TCU minus two and a half. I love USC minus three. I love Tulane. Uh, a lot of chalk for sure. Uh, that USC game to me is the one that's interesting because it feels like, Will, that we'll probably have everything sorted out after that game Friday night when it comes to the rest of the playoff, if, if things hold serve and Utah, this is a team that already beat USC once. We know the matchup that that's not an ideal matchup for USC, a physical Utah team that uh, can run the football well and play good defense here, contrasting styles. I, I think USC is the team most likely on upset of the weekend. What say you? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you there. Um, but, you know, when I'm looking at that game – I'm looking at the fact that USC just has a lot more to play for. And sure, Utah is playing for, you know, potentially a Rose Bowl spot. And if they lose, that's probably going to Washington. So I can understand that. Um, in terms of biggest chance at an upset, I'm honestly looking at Kansas State TCU. I think this Kansas State team is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have three losses, but – um, they're number 10 in the country for a reason. They're a top 10 team for a reason. So that's a game I'm looking at a potential upset. I know I just said I really like the value of TCU, but if I had to pick one of those top four games to be a potential upset, that might be it. I think LSU is going to give Georgia a tough time. Um, I might be a little bit biased saying that, but Brian Kelly, his whole career has been really, really good after a loss. I think LSU is going to be playing angry after what happened in College Station in Georgia. We saw last year in the SEC championship game, they didn't really have anything to play for. Win, lose, or draw, they were still going to the college football playoff, and they got absolutely destroyed by Alabama when they had nothing to play for. Very similar situation this year. I think Kirby Smart's going to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
Uh, but LSU, I think, is going to cover easily the 16 and a half points over there. Yeah, that should be interesting to follow. Um, one thing I wonder, and TCU fans, I imagine, are going to be all on the, their toes hoping that 2014 doesn't happen again. Do you envision any scenario where Ohio State gets in over TCU? If let's say that, you know, TCU loses by a couple touchdowns, do they jump Ohio State in and knock TCU out? Is there any possibility Ohio State gets in over the Horn Frogs, you think? Well, you mentioned the USC game and how everything might be set after that. I think if USC loses tomorrow, or tomorrow, I should say um, Friday night, I think I think TCU's in regardless of what happens. But if USC wins and TCU's in a situation here where if they lose, it might be them or Ohio State for number four. Yeah, I can absolutely see a scenario where an eleven and one Ohio State team gets in over twelve and one TCU. I do not think that should be the case at all. I think TCU's resume is far more impressive than Ohio State. They have, I believe, more ranked wins at this point. Um, they were in their conference championship game. Ohio State was not after the loss to Michigan. But I'm just looking at what the committee's done in the past, Jonesy. I mean, it's all about brand name. I mean, if you had a school, I don't know, let's say, let's say, you know, Utah was number five and they had to choose between Utah and TCU. They probably choose TCU, but Ohio State or Alabama, you're talking about brand names and the committee for whatever reason. Well, we all know why, you know, money uh, tends to favor those big name schools. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong in that at all. Uh, with that said, uh, I'll look at it this way, Will. George, I think, is without question the best team in the country, far and none. And, you know, the, the national championship runs through Athens, Georgia. But then after that, I don't see there being much of a gap between your Michigans, your TCUs, your USC's of the world. Uh, what say you? You think Georgia's the team to beat? Can any of these teams take down the Bulldogs and win the title? Believe it or not. Tyler, George is not my pick to win at all right now. Mm. I do not think they're going to win at all. It's so tough to repeat, man. I mean, we've seen Bama do it a few times, uh, but it's so tough to, to win two in a row. And I think Georgia absolutely has the talent to do it. They've been the best team all year long. But I'll tell you what, man, I had my doubts about Michigan going into that Ohio State game. I didn't get much of a chance to win that game, especially with a limited Blake Corum. And not only did they win, but they dismantled the Buckeyes on the road. Basically without quorum, too. Yeah, exactly. So Michigan's legit. Um, I think that run game can go at Georgia's defense and, and have success. I think Michigan's going to win it all. Uh, I really do. It just really feels like their year, this is going to be the second straight year they've made the playoff. It's been a very long time since they won it all. And again, it's so tough to repeat. So I think we're, we're headed toward a Georgia-Michigan championship game. I think this year, if the top four remains the same, that we're actually going to see some close semifinal games for once. Normally, the semifinal games are not very close, especially the 1-4 game. I think both semifinal games are going to be close. Caleb Williams is going to give USC – or I should say Caleb Williams and USC are going to give Georgia problems. Uh, but I think it's going to be a Georgia-Michigan national championship game with Michigan winning a close one. Yeah, uh, that'd be certainly intriguing if that's the case. Uh, Will, where can people find you and see all your uh, great work, man? 
Yeah, for sure, bro. At Will Scott 44 on Twitter. If you're a Dolphins fan, I'm at Willie Fins on IG. And then uh, I am the host of Dolphins Today by Chat Sports on YouTube. And uh, if you didn't know, Jones, they also Celtics today uh, by Chat Sports on YouTube. I feel like uh, I don't say that enough that I that I host Celtics today. Yeah, don't, just don't be like Udoka. <laughs> I, I can promise you that that that, that that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, don't don't be treating me that way at work, bro. I mean, come on. You don't have to worry about that, John. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm glad we cleared that up. Will Scott, joining us here on the Jones Report.